Hello and welcome to the Bremner Boulevard Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Donald Hickney, always here with my co-host, Trevor Popoff. Trevor, how are you doing this afternoon? Pretty good. Pretty good. Considering the Blue Jays news, uh, my move was hit a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that at some point. Well, yeah, we'll cover it. We'll cover that after because we have with us self-proclaimed, self-described basketball guy, Will Baldwin. Will, how are you doing today? I'm great. It's the only it's the only real title I have right now, and it's probably the most accurate way to describe me in any t- in any situation. So I I think it fits. Yeah, you said you know uh, introduce you as basketball guy. I would describe you that as as well. So it's 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 a mutual thing here. Yeah, it's probably the most notable thing about me, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's definitely the best way to describe me. So let's go with that. So moving into Raptors draft conversation. Um, just to run over our three picks, we got Scotty Barnes from Florida State with the fourth pick, Delano Banton from Nebraska, 46th pick, and David Johnson from Louisville, 47th pick. Um, Will, just what are your initial reactions to, to those three picks? First of all, I'll just quickly do the second round. The second round is really tough to analyze the day after a draft because, like, if you look at a guy like Banton, he goes really high or a lot higher than he had. He went on most people's boards. But the problem with that is, like, he probably got a guarantee somewhere in, like, the 50s. So the Raptors felt like they had to take him instead of risking it as an undrafted free agent. So, like, it's hard to analyze the second round because some guys just go high, higher than they should. Um, but in terms of in terms of Scotty Barnes, fourth overall, um, it's tough because I was, I was pretty sold on Suggs. Uh, I thought he fit a ton of things that the team needed. I thought he made a lot of sense for a lot of reasons there. And Barnes is just a really big project. And to me, it kind of signals a rebuild. And I think anytime you're a fan of a team and your team signals, we're going to rebuild. It's not exactly the greatest thing you hear. (laughs) It's not exactly what you're going to sign up for as a fan, especially because last time in the Toronto, it's not like they were – um, below-level playoff team. like They were a really good team, and uh, I think they had a chance to add a really big piece in the top five there, and uh, they went with a more of a project. And I think it's an interesting pick, for to say the very least. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Donald, what are, your, what are your initial thoughts? So, in the moment, and Will knows this because we were conversing through the whole draft, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty upset. I feel like we were all upset in that moment um, hearing Scotty Barnes and his Suggs. I literally put my phone away and I was like, I'm just going to watch the draft and just like have an immediate reaction. And then when I heard Silver announce Scotty Barnes instead of Suggs, it's also really funny because the Raptors social media team and on the draft, they, they, they're showing Jalen Green like a minute before the pick. It's like, oh, it has to be Jalen Green. It has to be him. And then they announced Scotty Barnes and I'm like, and they pan to Jalen, uh, not Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs first, and then they move it to Scotty Barnes. And like Jalen Suggs, like thought it was him, so he's doing that, like he's catching himself in the celebration because he has his hands up in the air, like ready fist pump, and then he turns it into a clap. So he had to save his celebration and like change it. But so that's that's awful for him. And apparently, the intel according to his sister was like he wanted to be here. I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm kind of two minds with Scotty Barnes. Um, I think Scotty Barnes is a good player. Like, let's get that out of the way. Scotty Barnes is a good player, and he brings a lot of good things to the Raptors. 
He has great defensive IQ. His he has a great build. He's like six eight, six nine, seven four wingspan, nine foot standing reach. The thing is, he he just overlaps with a lot of skills that the Raptors already have with OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. And we've already kind of seen it. Like, I'm not comparing him to Stanley Johnson, but like Stanley Johnson also kind of had those measurables as well. There's a I ton guess, of similarities to Stanley Johnson, like a lot. Yeah. And that's that gives me pause because we've kind of had the Stanley experience here in Toronto. And I don't think he comes back this year. Um, or I'm not that he comes back. I don't think they're after to resign him or offer him a contract. Um, I guess my concerns are. I just don't understand where he plays. Like, is he starting? Is he coming off the bench? Are we playing him kind of at like point guard, like Florida State did? I don't understand like where he's going to fit within this current Raptors lineup. And the reporting, Stein had a, Mark Stein had a report today saying, uh, rival teams are convinced that with the Barnes pick, Pascal Siakam is going to become even more available. And that kind of makes, it makes a ton of sense just to reset that, salary cap table if you're going to trade pascal siakam you're probably gonna to have to take contracts back and stuff like that because he's making like 37 38 million whatever the number is um i think this is a pick for the future but the thing that i can say that is a pot i've been kind of down on him but i think the positive thing is like we will know what scotty barnes will be because this is kind of the best environment for him to actually grow in with the raptors developmental system so if scotty barnes is going to turn into the player that he's supposed to be and actually like fixes the shot like nick nurk says like there's a couple mechanical issues that they can fix then we'll actually know what scotty barnes is but if it doesn't work out then this is a colossal um i wouldn't say it's an overdraft because i said this to will and i tweeted out earlier KLC had a mock thing as like trading down four and Flynn for five and eight and Mo Bamba. And then he reported this morning that if the Raptors took Suggs, they would have took Barnes at five. So they had to pick him at four. There was only, there was no way that he was going to fall slipper fall at eight. So, I mean, it is somewhat of an overdraft and it is somewhat kind of like protecting the guy that you want instead of like considering the asset management about it. So it's all I can say is like it's a pick for the future it's not a pick for now and I think we would be kind of poor to judge what Scotty does this year it, it's more matters what he does like three or four years from now at the end of his like rookie mm-hmm. CL deal because he could he could crap the bed this year yeah I I want to I want to jump in quickly because uh the Stanley Johnson thing is going to rattle people because obviously that didn't work out in Detroit but the thing is and Donald brought it up Stanley Johnson was in a nightmare situation in Detroit. They had no idea what they were doing. They had no idea how to develop guys. It's not a coincidence. They had so many guys who just didn't work out. And, uh, but um, Barnes is in the perfect spot. Like if it's, if, if Barnes is going to hit, it's going to be in Toronto. So like, that's like, if you're a Raptors fan, that's what you're telling yourself today is if Scotty Barnes is going to turn into the Draymond green, some people have compared him to, or a Scotty Pippen and the like, completely unbelievably fake <laughs> comparison that's oh, like it's almost like unfair to even say that because like there's like a one percent chance it happens but if it were to happen it would be in a place like toronto where he's in a place that's proven to develop guys we saw with siakam og like they clearly have a player type that they know how to develop they've done it before and that's what i was kind of alluding to earlier though with how it kind of signals the rebuild is because he's just really redundant 
with OG and Siakam. And OG is obviously not going anywhere. He's a young dude. His contract is unbelievable. He perfectly fits the timeline of a quick retool rebuild. But Siakam is a little older than you think he is because he was at college for a couple of years. He wasn't a one and done. And uh, his contract is huge. And he's just like a really – like him and – him and Barnes basically play the exact same position unless you're going to run some really weird Siakam OG lineup, which they might. But other than that, I don't know how sustainable that is. So the reality is, is it really does signal that Siakam, I don't know if it's going to be this year, but he's definitely a heck of a lot more available than he was before the draft. And in terms of the idea, if Barnes was an overdraft, I don't think he was because almost everyone had him in the top five of their boards, uh, save for a few people, just because he's really raw. So some people weren't into the idea of developing him over a long period. And it's tough to see because a guy like him, for him to really hit, he's going to have to develop his shot. And the shot is just 0% there right now. So it is a big, it's a big projection for him, but even still, he was a top five guy on everybody's board. And if the Raptors didn't take him, Orlando, very good chance he goes there. And if Orlando didn't take him, I mean, he perfectly fits the OKC timeline hmm. as well. So the reality is, is the Raptors clearly told us they have, a, they have an archetype of guys they draft. Like, it's pretty clear. He's almost identical in terms of body type and size to Pascal and OG. Like, it'll be kind of funny seeing them all stand together, like like weird clones of each other, but it, like slightly different. Um, but yeah, I think I think the real takeaway from last night, because you can't you can't say if the Barnes pick is going to be a hit or miss on the the real reason Raptors fans should be a little disappointed isn't necessarily how good Scotty Barnes is or what he could or couldn't be. It's more just the fact that they're kind of signaling that this is going to be a bit of a rebuild here, because if you take Suggs, he perfectly slides in with Fred. If Kyle walks, you have a perfectly fit lineup. If you bring in a center, like the five, starting five makes a ton of sense. Like you're ready to go right back. Let's go make the playoffs again. But now all of a sudden with this, it's kind of like, okay, bit of a retool here. And I think if you're a Raptors fan, that's why you should be disappointed today. Not necessarily because some people told you Scotty Barnes isn't as good as you think Jalen Suggs is. And even though they've never seen either of them play other than like three games in the NCAA tournament, like that's not why you should be disappointed about the Scotty Barnes pick. It should be because the Raptors are telling us that next year isn't as high of a priority to win as maybe we would have thought of 24 hours ago heading into the draft. Hmm. So the thing about Scotty that I really that really makes a lot of sense. I saw a quick stat: Siakam, OG, and Scotty have twenty-one and a half feet combined um, arm span or wingspan. So that's like nuts. Um, they really are going to look like clones of each other standing next to it. Like it's not a joke on defense. No, it's gonna, on defense, like the they clearly really really care about mm-hmm. defense wingspan a, they really a heck of a lot more than other teams offense which switchability and athleticism is like number one it's not even close for them and then everyone else is like yeah we'll think about it and the raptors are like no it's the number one thing we care about that's like, number one because because that's exactly what they did with banton and johnson in the second round too because those guys are pretty similar in the same sense um i was gonna say 
I was listening to the Dunker Spot, and they had this um, Robel actually asked an interesting question: which player needs to play with a creative coach? Well, Scotty Barnes is going to play with a creative coach, and Nick Nurse. That man is playing small ball five at some point because he can guard one through five legitimately, or when he like gets to his full size, he will. But his com- his comp is actually Draymond. Draymond, but he like, probably just does, doesn't have like the brain of Draymond. But yeah, like, but, athlete, but athleticism wise and size wise, it's Draymond. Yeah. Yeah, he was literally Florida State's point guard last year. Like, if you yeah. want to watch some weird film, go watch a guy who's 6'8 playing point guard but can't shoot. It's really weird. It's Florida, like, State, Florida State prospects are just really <laughs> weird because they're really yes. long and lanky but just can't shoot at all. Like, Isaac can kind of shoot a bit and Patrick Williams can kind of shoot a bit, but they're not known as shooters. Shout out to Ryerson Legend, to Norner Gum. There's a, there's a running joke that Florida State – if you never saw them play, but just watch them in layup lines or when they get off the bus, you'd think they were the number one team in the country and, like, it just, wouldn't be close because they're just, just loaded of, with dudes. Just because how huge you are. Trevor, do you want to say your point now and then we can move on to the next step? Yeah, hopefully hopefully I can get through it this time. Um, I just wanted to, like, like I, I find the whole Siakam debate really interesting because I've seen a lot of people saying, like, Siakam's out because of this pick. Like, do you see that as, like, an immediate thing or do you see – us sticking with Siakam for like a year or maybe two while Barnes develops and then trading him at a higher point because trading Siakam now would be trading like low in his value. No, I don't think he gets moved now just because I'm just pulling up the contract really quick. Cause I want to see how much is left on it. He's a free agent in 2024. It says, or he, yeah. So he has three years left, including this year on his deal. Um, because there's three years left, you can probably still use this year to kind of figure out like fit wise and stuff like that. But the clock is counting down on Pascal, which really sucks to see because I've been a huge Pascal guy. And the thing is, he's just been this past season, he was pretty erratic. And that's putting it nicely about just kind of in his behavior. I know Will can kind of speak on that as well, especially with like Nick Nurse and stuff like that. And you never really know the full details of like the Nick Nurse, Pascal Siakam stuff, but apparently there was like an altercation and that's why Pascal got suspended. And some of that can become frustration. And some of that is like tangible kind of things that we've seen in his play. I know Pascal did have a nice stretch at some point in the season. I don't remember when, I don't remember if that was, yeah, the point when the Raptors started to, I don't know if it was the very end or if it was, but like, it's getting close to it. It was like from the sixty percent way to like eighty-five, and then yeah. The but he was, he did, he did turn it around a bit. But at the start of the year, it was ugly again. Yeah, no, he did have a nice stretch, and it was like twenty-five or twenty-seven points and like nine rebounds and like five assists, something like that. It's not the exact stat line, but something along those lines. I just think Pascal is a very valuable player to a championship contending team. This is just not a championship contending team. And if a championship contending team has assets like the Warriors, like the Warriors, Warriors should be calling about Pascal because we've seen what he can do in a number two role. He's probably in that 2A, 2B role with Clay. So I think you kind of, the Warriors should make a call. Like he's a valuable player in the right situation. Um, I think think he'd be beautiful in Golden State. I think that's the only – if you were to tell me that Pascal isn't a Raptor on opening night, 
I would say he was in Golden State, and I'd be genuinely shocked if it was anywhere else because they're one of the few teams who actually have the assets to get it done. Like they, and it would make like, sense. Yeah, like before the draft, people were like, the Raptors are going to take Kaminga because he's the Africa guy and he has a relationship with Masai, which is kind of hilarious because that was never really founded on anything. It was just kind of like he's from the Congo. So, like, of course Masai is going to like him because, like, why wouldn't he? So if that – like, that's the – the thing with the Siakam deal is if – I thought there was two places I could really see him going, which was Golden State and Philly – but with the Barnes pick, him and him and Simmons are ironically really redundant. Like they're really similar players. If uh, like if you told me in two years Scotty Barnes was an All Star, the projection would be like he's basically playing like Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. So I don't really want two Ben Simmons on my team if I'm anyone. No. <laughs> that'd be really that'd be a really weird team. One's so the difference the difference between I'll just be really quick the difference between Simmons and Barnes is. Barnes has shown some willingness to shoot the ball. It's not a question of like that he doesn't want to shoot the ball. It's just a question that he just isn't a yeah. good shooter. He hit 11 threes in 24 games at um, Florida State. That's a really small sample size, and it was like 27%. But that's just a difference. It's like he's willing to take, I, I think he'll be willing to take those shots. Simmons is just like a zero on threes. The one thing I want to say quickly about Barnes before I get to Siakam is I feel like we haven't met like Scotty Barnes is probably going to be everybody's favorite Raptor in like absolutely in like a month. He's like actually one of the most likable guys in recent draft history. Every single person, the reason he probably got drafted this high is just because his interviews were probably all like a twelve out of ten. Yeah. Like the guy is like as elite of a human as you can find. <laughs> no one has a bad word to say about him. Everyone loves the guy. Montverde, Florida State, they all – everyone adores the guy. Like, you, like if they uh, asked Kate about him one time, because they played on, the, like, the most ridiculous high school team ever, and uh, he's, like, great dude. Like, everybody loves this guy. So, as, as similarly to how OG took over the fan base with his interview answers and everyone – like, he's going to get his open gym episode at, like, episode six, and, like, from there, Scotty Barnes is going to be – everybody's favorite Raptor. So I think we should mention that. Yeah, like, he's just insanely likable. Literally yeah. Toronto Open Gym dropped like a three and a half minute video this morning of like Florida State teammates talking about Scott. He's like, oh, he's just such a hard worker, but he's just like the most fun dude to hang out with. Yeah, every everybody loves him. Like seriously, you would be, he's one of those dudes where you'd have to interview 500 people to find one person to say a bad word about him. And the bad word would be like, he had 25 really close friends and I was 26 and didn't get to see him as much as I wanted. Like, he's like one of those guys. So like we should mention that because I think if you're a Raptors fan and you're a little disappointed today, just know that you probably got your favorite player in like a year. So that's fun. In terms of, in terms of Siakam, I've had a red flag on him since going into the bubble. Uh, When the story came out that he couldn't find a gym in Toronto to shoot and he hadn't shot. I thought that was one of the most outrageous stories I've ever heard. <laughs> um, Eric Kareen defended him and was like, well, we've been in lockdown. Uh, I was like, my dad is a high school principal. If Pascal Siakam, obviously my dad's in Calgary, not here, but if Pascal Siakam had hit up a high school principal and was like, can I hit your, use your gym? They would have said yes. Like it's a complete lie that he couldn't get access to a gym. Like, it just really it, 
it just like was a weird red flag to me. And then the videos of Shay came out where Shay was working at Royal Crown uh, during the lockdown. I was like, yeah, Shay got into a Toronto gym. So I've had, I've been weirded out by Siakam. Then he had that weird bubble performance where it was like the bubble got to him mentally clearly. So like, it was like, it's kind of a second red flag where you're like, man, I don't know, like what's going on with Pascal. And then this year, the first half was just a complete mess. Like, was he really good in the second half? Yeah, he was. Like Donald said, he had a stretch of games where he did. He looked like the all-star again. He looked like the guy that Golden State should give up 714 and Wiseman for and Wiggins, I guess, to make the contract work and not really feel bad about it at all. Like they should be like they should do that. No problems, no questions asked. But the first half of the year, it was weird, man. Like he was in and out mentally, like you could tell. His focus was a little weird and the nurse thing, he gets suspended. You're just like, what is going on with this guy? And I wouldn't be shocked if that was part of why they looked at a position that directly, directly reflected with him. And if everything was cool with Siakam and they were loving him, I think that would have come. I think that would have affected the draft decision a little bit more. I don't know if they would have necessarily changed their choice, but I think the last year has been really weird with Siakam for like 25 different reasons and them taking a guy who literally plays his exact position when Siakam, it's not like Siakam's old, like he's older than you think because he went to college, but he's still, I believe only 27. Yeah, he's 27, 28 in April. Yeah. Like he's a young guy. He's not, it's not like this guy is 20 is 30. Like, I don't know, man. It's been a weird year for Siakam. And like Donald said, most Raptors fans love the guy. And if he gets traded, it'll be a really weird feeling because after Kawhi left, it kind of felt like we were cool because you have the core of Siakam and Fred. And the fact that Fred is the one that stayed instead of Siakam would be really weird. It is going to be weird. It's it's, it's going to be weird. But. One of the guys I was thinking about today that I feel the most sorry for is Fred because I don't know. I don't really know how you sell to Fred that this team is trying to make the playoffs this year when you don't take Suggs. Now, now could Barnes end up being the better pick in three years and Suggs just turns into like a fourth starter and it's fine and like he never hit his ceiling. But players – after drafts are notorious for being upset at the team's direction. And I think like, they're going to have to sit down with Fred and have an interesting conversation with him. Cause Fred is also older than you think he is because of his experience in college. And Fred's trying to win games, man. Fred is not the kind of guy who's going to be chill winning 25 games next year and getting the sixth draft pick again. Like Fred, <laughs> Fred wants to be in the playoffs and it's a hard sell for him if Kyle Lowry leaves and Jalen Suggs would have been the perfect fit to go and try and make the playoffs again. And we have Scotty Barnes now, who's like our ninth guy playing like weird minutes for us, like basically a rookie Pascal did. And you're just kind of like, what is this guy? He might be something in a year from now, but like he's not really impacting us winning a ton this year. So like, I guess – like Fred, Fred is going to be in a weird mental place, I would imagine, until they have some sort of meeting with him because he's trying to win right now. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm a, that's really interesting. 
I'll say um, this last thing. Go ahead. Or you, I would say this last thing, and then Charlie, you can say this, and then let's move on to the next stuff. I'm worried about Fred, and I'm worried about the ball handling on this team, especially if Lowry is gone, because no one talks about this, but Fred shot under 40% from the field this year, and that's like a box um, box score like category, but like that is pretty significant for a guard that's really hard to do. He was um, there's no, yeah. there's, there's no, the reality is in this draft, everyone wanted them to get trade up for Mobley. Um, I think Jalen Green would have been the perfect guy for them. Yeah, I agree. Like, Green fit every box that this team hasn't had in the last two years. Obviously, there's nothing you can do. The Raptors were lucky to even get up to four, but I think the, idea that the Raptors biggest need is a center is completely wrong. The yeah. problem with this team the last two years has been and will continue to be barring some shock and free agency is they have no half court shot creation at all. Yeah. That's it's not good. That's not that's not what Fred does best. Him and Pascal both excel playing off somebody and unless OG comes back as like an all NBA all star forward, <laughs> which he might. He might. Who knows of OG at this point? He keeps growing every year. Honestly, with Fred too. Fred every year just keeps getting better. I thought Fred every single year. Fred, I'm like, oh cool, he's gonna be a good bench player. Oh, next year he's like, oh, he might win six man of the year. Oh wow, he's a starter. He's he's basically a the sixth starter on a championship team. That's crazy. Good for Fred. And then last year's like, Fred, a Fred, really good starter. Like, oh wow. And then. And then at the start of this year, I was like, is Fred an all-star? So, like, may- maybe Fred's going to come back as the half-court creator because, like, he gets maybe. better every year too. But un- unless something like that happens, the real hole they need to fill this offseason still for the really every year since uh, Kawhi left is they have no shot creation at all in the half-court. Mm. Interesting, interesting. So the Raptors definitely still have some holes to fill. Let's talk about another team that filled some holes in the draft. Who, who do you think – was the best fit in the lottery picks? Will. I'm, I love what Orlando did. I, I was joking with my friend after the draft. Um, I, I love what Detroit, uh, Charlotte, uh, Cleveland, and Orlando are doing. I was like, this feels like a parallel universe. Like, what? <laughs> and then I remembered Sacramento made one of the weirdest picks in the, dra- in the draft. And I was like, oh, it's not that weird of a universe we're in. So it hasn't gone completely parallel, but those four teams really stand out to me with Orlando being number one, just because they had the two lottery picks. Um, Suggs falling to them as a gift. If you look at recent Orlando draft history, basically five times in a row, the guy who turned out awesome went the pick before them. Like it happened with Embiid, Trey Young. Um, Porzingis there was some there's like there's at least three all-stars that got drafted the pick before them like it felt like if it was like a six-player draft they got five they got seven if it was a five-player draft they got six like it kept happening to them and with the Raptors taking Scotty Barnes uh Suggs falling to them if you're a Magic fan you're you're just ecstatic right now you you actually got a break and then the Warriors they take Kaminga which we can get to later. I'm not a big Kaminga guy, but they end up with Wagner as well. Like that's a, like you're Orlando. Like, like, Oh my God. Orlando with an A draft. When was the last time that happened? 
and I, I th- they're the first team that I kind of comes to my mind when I think like you got to be ecstatic right now if you're a Magic fan. Hmm. Donald, how about you? So the guy that I have is Josh Giddy with Oklahoma City Thunder. This is such an Oklahoma City Thunder pick, and I can't believe we all kind of like miss it because like, oh, they're gonna go Barnes, they're gonna go Kaminga. It's like. Giddy probably makes the most sense. I mean, those are kind of like Kaminga and Barnes are kind of the archetype that they go for, but like they tend to pick those players in the back half of the first round. Giddy makes so much sense because he's just, it's a high upside swing. It's just like we're swinging for the fences here with him. Great playmaker, great height, delivers like really advanced passes, but he has that kind of chaotic energy to him. I made this joke to Will. OKC is building a team full of hoopers, not basketball players, with him and Shea. Just I'm all in this team. I'm all yeah. about it. The giddy just pick, ridiculous. The giddy pick reminds me a lot of the Barnes pick in that like if Giddy's gonna hit, it's gonna be there. Cause there's a lot of weird stuff with this game. Like he can't shoot it at all. His defense is kind of weird. Like there's a really easy case to be made that the giddy that giddy was gonna be a major bust. Like it was just not gonna work at all. But the fact he ended up in an organization like Oklahoma City very similar to Barnes. Like, if this is going to work, if, like, we're going to get, like, some form of awesome NBA player Josh Giddy, it's going to be there. And I, t- I tweeted yesterday, OKC just became everybody's second favorite team because, like, they're going to be running lineups of, like, him, Poku, and Shea with Dort. Like, it's going to be so weird and fun. Uh, I, I, yeah, OKC, I don't know if it's actually going to work, but they're going to be one of those teams where, you're actually going to watch them on League Pass because it's going to be really fun. Hmm. Yeah, OKC yeah, is just taking a weird team. They're just taking massive swings for the fences, and I'm kind of all here for it. Yeah, and their and their draft capital for the next few years is ridiculous. They're going to be they're going to be crazy in a few years. Um, moving from the good to the bad, who is kind of that confusing pick for you guys in the first round? Donald, let's start with you. I hate to slander this guy because I love to support all the Canadians and Josh draft but josh primo to the spurs was a little bit confusing uh i don't really know what primo is he kind of looks like a three and d wing but he kind of has nobody like, does yeah he kind of has some like guard scoring capabilities the shot creation is kind of there like a bit he's just really young like he's 18 um turns 19 in either november or december yeah, he's just ridiculously lo- young, which is really funny because Chris Duarte was the next pick and he's like one of the oldest lottery picks in the last like 15, 20 years. He's 24. Um, 24. Shout out to Irvin Johnson. Not Magic, but Irvin Johnson for being the oldest lottery pick at 25. Um, I'm just a little confused about what the Spurs are doing. Um, I feel like they're banking on the upside of the shot creation because they're getting like zero shot creation with um DeJounte Murray and Derek White can kind of he's almost Fred Van Vliet-esque where he's kind of providing shot creation like around the margins but you can't really build an offense around it I don't think they're you can doing, build an off I don't think you can build an offense around Josh Primo either but they're doing like the, they're doing like the Raptors thing but like with like slightly smaller guys like yeah they're, like they have the same like we like really long guys who can play defense and we're not really sure what else they can do archetype but it's like the raptors is like legit forwards and they're doing it with like wings and guards and you're like uh you guys have a yeah. bunch of guys who are good but like i don't know what this is at all yeah they just have a ton of yeah, like I will- small guards 
I, I will say I was listening to the BS podcast earlier today and uh, they were trying to figure out why Primo went where he did. And KOC's guess was like you mentioned earlier, how OKC is taking these swings on guys who like, we have no idea what they are that his guess was at 16 OKC was going to take Primo because otherwise it makes literally no sense that San Antonio didn't trade back. The Knicks were trying to trade back uh, or trade up. Atlanta was trying to trade up. There's like five teams like aggressively trying to trade into that spot. So the only possible explanation for the, for the Spurs sticking there and picking a guy who would have been there if they traded back, most of us, assume is that he was guaranteed OKC and they didn't want to let him get there so they just decided to stick because otherwise that pick makes absolutely zero sense no one had him on their board until like 25 25 would have been high like a lot of people if they if he went at 25 would have been like that's kind of high so the fact he went where he did kind of speaks to like we were saying earlier OKC probably guaranteed him at 16 which is which is wild because it basically ended up ruining the Spurs. <laughs> well, yeah, do you like have another t- confusing pick that, that that really shocked you in the first round? Um, I got I, I got two. Uh, Davion going to Sacramento was really weird. Like like just really weird for a team who all their best players are guards to take another guard was just weird. Especially when they didn't have to there at all. They could have traded down. Like I was saying. Um, they were in the range where San Antonio picked. The only explanation that I can come up with is they're going to trade healed for sure this off season. So maybe they see some minutes opening up there. And then also it could open up the potential for a Fox trade, but if they bring back both, if they could bring back both of them, it's going to be weird. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing. And then golden state can make a, I'm not a Kaminga guy at all. Maybe he'll hit, but I don't know. It's I'm not a fan of him there. But if he if he's gonna hit, I guess it'll be there. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, moving kind of to to the second round, I'm I'm wondering who you guys thought was was the best value pick in the second round. I know Will, you were saying it's hard to it's hard to say, but like there's got to be somebody there that that jumps off the board to you. Who who is that guy? I got three. Um, Brandon Boston to the Clippers. Uh, he's going to actually get some minutes there and have a chance to develop uh, with some good forwards around him. And if if, if it's going to work for Brandon Boston in the NBA, I think the Clippers is spot. It's very Terrence Manny, so I could see that working out. Uh, Jared Butler. I if he was healthy, I would have could have seen him going as high as like fifteen. So the fact that New Orleans got him at 40 is pretty wild. The medical must be a heck of a lot worse than we all think it is. And if he can stay healthy, that'll be fun. And then Miles McBride, uh, he's like built to be a Nick. Like he's like the classic New York. Um, Rusillo said when he watched him, he got shades of Lowry. Like he's not going to be Lowry probably, but like, hard worker, classic West Virginia guy. So the Knicks fans are going to love him and he's probably going to get eight or nine minutes right away a game because he's built to play for tips. Nice, nice. Donald, who you got in the second round? I got Jared Butler too. I just want to uh, correct you, Will. Jared Butler went to Utah, not uh, New Orleans. And I think that's an even better fit for him than New Orleans yeah. because, because I think he's going to get those um, – I think he's going to get minutes right away as a backup guard. 
he kind of fits what they need. They kind of needed a little bit more playmaking and a little bit more shot creation. Even with Conley there or not, I think there's a path for him to get minutes. And I think getting him at 40 is like an actual legitimate steal. Um, he's like my only real kind of guy that I'm really like about. We didn't really talk about the Raptors second round picks, but I'm interested in Delano Banton or Delano Banton. One, because he's from Toronto and we've never had a Canadian draft pick on the um, Raptors. Number two, I think um, something that is talked about all the time with Raptors Twitter is like the three guard lineup with Larry Van Vliet and DeLon Wright. I think Delano Vanton can be the DeLon Wright, except like way bigger. He just kind of needs to learn how to shoot, which is the problem with kind of all these draft picks. They kind of need to learn how to shoot, but he provides so much lineup flexibility as a second round pick from the jump that I'm really interested in him. I'm so glad that the Raptors are going to be back in Toronto because that is a dude who needs 905 minutes to kind of season. But I can see a pathway for him actually being a NBA contributor just because of his size and his awareness and everything that he provides. Another kind of point forward type, but actually has like way more ball handling skills than advertised. 100% agree. If, ben, if Ben's going to hit, it's going to be with the Raptors. They know what they're doing, developing guys. Even a guy like O'Shea, who they let leave. <laughs> they even turned him to a really good NBA player. Like the, he's going to get some good minutes in the G league. They know what they're doing down there. And uh, if Ben is going to work, it's going to be in Toronto, which would be really cool. Cause it's a kid from Rexdale playing for the Raptors. Like mm. what doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the no, Kipling absolutely. bus route. <laughs> shout out to the Kipling bus route that he shouted out in his um, press conference. So moving away from the individual draftees to the teams, which team do you feel had the best draft on them? So I kind of separated it into two categories. So I have for what this team needed, I have, I really like Brooklyn's draft and the Clippers draft. Brooklyn really agreed. They, they address some uh, issues and some concerns. Dayron Sharp is another big that they can add to the rotation. Kessler Edwards is probably the best um, defender at that position that you could get him at. Uh, Marcus Zagorowski is a nice shooter from Creighton. Um, Cam Thomas probably can fill into that Mike James role. I think it's like he's going to immediately play like immediately. He's, he's going to immediately play. play. Yeah. Um, and then with the Clippers, I really like Keon Johnson, another kind of big athletic wing to kind of go what they already had. Could be a Nick Batum replacement, could not be a Nick Batum replacement, but he's definitely a future pick. And then Jason Preston and BJ Boston. Shout out to Jason Preston. The blogger to NBA player pipeline is now official. So if you're a blogger, just just hoop out of college and maybe you'll make it to the league. Um, Seriously, the craziest story I've ever heard for someone making it to the NBA. If you have time, either look up the All Ball podcast he did with Doug Gottlieb or just look up. I'm sure there's like a 10-minute YouTube video on him. It's like actually the most wild story I've ever heard of a guy making it to the NBA. It's so crazy. Shout out to Orlando for drafting him and still training him to the Clippers because he lived in Orlando and that's where his mom passed away or something I heard over the draft. Anywho, I really like their trade, their draft. They got some nice guards there. Keon Johnson is an interesting um, wing. I really like that they kind of drafted, that they went up and they traded up into those picks. They did that last year with Amir Coffey, with like Terrence Mann, with uh, the big from Minnesota. His name escapes me at the moment. Um, or to Otoro, the guy who took Otoro. like 25 shots in the game they threw against OKC. Legend. 
Uh, so I'm so, so I'm glad that even though they have like negative five assets, they're just being aggressive. And then quickly two teams that I thought overall had the best draft was Charlotte. Uh, I like book Knight. He has a little bit of injury concerns, but he kind of can set up into that Devonte Graham role. Rest in peace, Devonte Graham. You probably can make it back to the Hornets. Um, Kai Jones is a great big man swing at 19. That tells me that they're probably not going to go for Rashawn Holmes if they got Kai Jones and Mason Plumley. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but I don't think they will if they're going to acquire Mason Plumley for that draft for that I money. Def- for the amount of money Rashawn is going to get in free agency, I don't see him being a fit there after the day they had yesterday. Welcome to the Raptors, Rashawn Holmes. He's the Kyle Lowry consolation prize. Um, JT Thor is also a very interesting big man who can kind of space the floor a bit. So I really like that move and Houston Houston just has like the best collection of players like talent wise overall Jalen Green's good Sanguin never really Sanguin never talked about him but you know you're not a scrub if you're 18 and win MVP in the Turkish league like literally the third most competitive league in the world second best domestic league too yeah so you know pretty pretty stiff competition to come into the league uh, Garuba, probably the best pick and roll defender at his age, teenage pick and roll defender ever. So he's interesting. And Josh Christopher, I'm kind of indifferent on. He can be a good defender. He can, he kind of has erratic qualities to him, which they really like in Houston with their guards, with Kevin Porter Jr. and obviously Jalen Green. He's so, basically a slightly worse version of Jalen Green. Like what, so, like everything, every opinion you have of Jalen Green, if you like say Jalen Green is an A at this, then like Christopher's like a B. Like he's like literally the dollar store version of him. Yeah, except he can defend a little bit too, which is interesting. Anywho, it's it's it, they probably have the best like amalgamation of talent from the draft with their multiple picks. So I'm just interested in it. Um, they're going to be, we talk about OKC, they're probably going to be a league pass team as well because they're going to shoot and score the hell of the ball, but they're going to give out exactly the same amount back on defense. So I'm all about it. Interesting. Will, who were your picks for the best draft? Um. So my... F- I'm going to go basic with Detroit for my first one. I love Cade. I think Cade's going to be awesome. I don't even, I don't really see a single way Cade, barring like an injury, isn't like at the very least a really good NBA player. Um, So that, and he's just like a perfect fit in that young core with Killian, uh, Isaiah, and Sadiq. Like that team is going to be super fun and especially for a franchise and fan base like Detroit, they really, really deserve it. And Cade is like, like we talked about earlier, how Scotty Barnes is an elite dude. Cade is right there with him. Everyone who's ever been around Cade says to a man, he's awesome. Like literally everybody loves the guy. And so that fact that Detroit's getting that guy too, like really happy for Pistons fans. They deserve it. They've been bad for so long. They just finally getting someone who wants to be in Detroit and is that good. Like that's just really fun for them. And then my second one is Cleveland. Uh, there's a strong case that Evan Mobley could end up having the best career out of anyone in the top five. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have taken him one because I'm not a huge big man guy, but the fact that Cleveland got him at three and the fact that he will fit beautifully with Jared Allen, unless he gets a ridiculous amount of money, and Garland and Okoro, we'll see if they keep Sexton, is really cool for them too. So for those two Midwest teams that have kind of been screwed multiple times recently, it's exciting that they got lucky in the draft for once. Nice, nice. Quick shout-out to Milwaukee. I just wanted to say this. 
they have the longest names on that team. Holy crap. They got Sandro Mamukilashvili and Georgios Kalidzakis to add on to Giannis Antetokounmpo and Giannis's brother. I mean, like, the guy who presses the jerseys for them has got to be working, like, overtime to get all those letters on there. That's great. Also, Denver drafting one guy named Bones is awesome as well. So those are my two top two drafts. Um, who are your kind of, like, worst drafts? Wh- which teams disappointed to you on this night? Will, how about you? Um, we kind of talked about them earlier, but Kings, I don't really know what they're doing, which is nothing new. If we're talking about fan bases that deserve what Detroit got, uh, the Kings are right there. So hopefully that turns around soon because it's weird as always there. Um, Raptors, like, you don't want to be devastated about it, but like the message that comes across from their draft is it's going to be a while until they're really, really good again. So I don't know how as a fan base, you're not at the very least a little disappointed. Even if you do love Scotty, it's just not going to be really good right away. And uh, we mentioned the Spurs. Like, I, I don't know what the Spurs are doing. Even if Primo was going to go to OKC, I would argue that wing is, like, the one position. A wing defender is, like, the one position I wouldn't want if I was a Spurs fan. Like, that that's the one thing they're, they're, they're set on. Like, cool, we have guys who can defend on the wing. Like, maybe we get someone else. Um, Spurs, Spurs Twitter does not like being told that they've been irrelevant since Kawhi left. Found that out last night, got absolutely flamed under a Wobe tweet, and it was totally worth it because it was hilarious to see how in their feelings they got. Like, sorry, guys. No, And one guy was like, we would have made the playoffs if not for COVID. Like, congrats on the standard being the eighth seed, guys. No one cares about you. <laughs> rough, rough. Donald, who were your teams that had a, had a tough draft? Uh, it's also Sacramento for me. Can we agree on that Sacramento is like the worst run organization in the NBA? And it's like not, franchise. And it's not close. Like it's right. not close. Especially now that like Orlando and Cleveland and Detroit are, are making things. good moves. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte, Charlotte too. That's another one. Like the fact that those fan those franchises are actually doing intelligent things makes Sacramento as a fan base have to hurt even more. <laughs> like, it sucks. Like in like a small place like that, where you're the only show in town. They love like that can, team, bro. You can get by. That's that's the thing though. It's dangerous. It goes two ways, right? Like the Packers. Take the Packers for example. They could be terrible for a decade, and they'd sell it every game. Still, they did. It's, it's the same. They get by on being the only show in town. If they had any competition, they'd be done. They, the Kings. The reason it sucks, as someone who isn't a Kings fan at all but, like, feels bad for them, is, like, they're not, like, the Florida Panthers where, like, they don't have fans. No, they have fans. Like, the Kings fan base is actually, like, diehard. Like, they legitimately have people who really do care about that team, and they're just terrible every year. And there's no – it's very Brownsy. Like, Mm. no one ever questioned if the Browns had fans, but it was just bad every year. And, like, you you don't – when you ask these questions, like which team had the bad draft? Like it sucks every year where you're like, I don't know what the Kings were doing. And last yeah. year, I thought like last year, I thought with the Tyrese pick, you're like, wow, like mate, the Kings caught a break. Like the guy actually fell to them. This never happens. Similar to Orlando earlier, we're like, this is the franchise where the guy doesn't fall to. Like this is the one where Halliburton is sliding down the board and then goes one pick before them, and you're like, oh my god, really again? <laughs> Like, this team, like, that's the franchise that had that happen to. And it didn't last year. 
So you're thinking it's turning around. Then they have this bizarre draft process where all they want to do is make the playoffs and apparently just did not put in the work they needed to into this draft. They were the only team who was out on the draft. Like going into it, there was all these stories. The Kings are trying to trade out. The Kings are trying to trade out. Everyone in the league is trying to trade up. Like literally everyone. You can go, you can find stories for the Hawks, the Knicks, Pacers had interest in moving up. Like there's seriously like 10 different teams trying to move up in this draft. And the Kings were like, yeah, let's move down. And then they take this guy who's like, I like Davion a lot, but he's like very similar to the Spurs. Like the one thing the, the Kings didn't need was, was more backcourt guy. talent because their backcourt is already solid for what it is. Even if they trade healed or keep healed, like De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heal, Tyrese Halliburton. It's so all... like is Terrence Davis gone? Like, do you like they, how do you they, they offered him the um the QO and Delon Wright is still on that team as well? Like, I just don't understand what they're doing. I so someone made the argument it's like Davion Mitchell is like defensive help for De'Aaron Fox. Like he hasn't shown it all the way, like you want him on the offensive side of the ball. It's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Then why did you draft Tyrese Halliburton? Because that's literally what he did last year as kind of like a glue guy, connector guy for De'Aaron Fox. I just don't really understand the the Davion Mitchell pick. Like, sure, in a vacuum, that makes sense. But, like, they already have a guy who already does that. The problem with Davion is, like, if he was taller, you could get me into that because then that three-guard lineup wouldn't be as small. But De'Aaron's only about 6'3", 6'4". Halliburton's 6'4, 6'5. Like he's not a bit, he's not a gigantic guy. And then Davion is six foot. Like he is six foot even. That is, yeah. He can really only guard guards and he's really good at it and it's awesome. But like now you literally have three, do- like if any team of any size goes against them, that lineup is screwed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm like, surprised they didn't go like Moses Moody or someone bigger. Yeah. They, it's pretty clear. As always, they're the team that everybody knows who they wanted. They wanted Franz Wagner really bad. Every like, Everybody knew, of course, because that's how it goes with bad teams that you just know what they're going to do. And everyone in the league knew that Franz Wagner was going there. So all the teams in front of them and all the teams who really wanted him were like, I guess we have to get in front of Sacramento. And then he goes to Orlando because – the Warriors didn't take him, and now Sacramento like it felt like they didn't have a plan, and here we are. It's weird. It's always weird there. You just feel bad for them, but just no contingency plan. Wagner goes ahead of them. They're like, oh, all right, we'll take Davion, like, I guess. <laughs> like they're gonna get eleventh again in the West. I don't like. They're not a playing team, even though they they're kind of close to being a playing team. For them to be a play playing team, it's gonna need like three teams to have guys tear their ACLs and then they still might not even do it. Like, I'm serious. Like they're not the, a top 10 team in the West though, even with this pick and Davion Mitchell is a guy who you pick to be good right away. And like, even with him, it's like, I guess they might get 11th now instead of 12th in the West, like sweet. And that's assuming new Orleans isn't a lot better this year, which they probably will be like, it's it's brutal. Like, if you're a Kings fan, man, I don't I don't know how you how you do it anymore. <laughs> like, it's just, like they're, they, they're basically all in to be a playing team next year. 
which yeah. like sounds like a joke, but like it's actually like when the NBA goes, we're doing the play-in so that we can give teams different levels of success so that they can go into the off season with telling their fans like, woohoo, we did this. And people crack jokes like who actually cares about the 10th seed? Like the Kings actually care about the 10th seed. They're actually all in on being 10th in the West next year, it, which is just a wild thing to think about. And their fans would probably love being 10th, though, like considering the level of success over the last 15 years. Like, why not give us something? If they go, if they didn't have that new arena, you're talking about moving, maybe. I don't know. They, they almost did. They were really close to moving to Seattle, like really close. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Um, moving from the draft talk now to probably the biggest move last night, Russell Westbrook. Brook traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. What are your initial thoughts on it? How are, how are we feeling about this new Lakers lineup that I saw a meme today that was like the only thing stopping is the three-point line. I thought that was interesting. Um, Will, what are, what are your initial thoughts? So you're saying they would have been the best team in the league in 1978, <laughs> the year before the three-point line came in? Like, watch out for them? <laughs> um, it's, it's, a we- it's weird. Like, Weird. We've talked earlier about how like OKC is going to be weird to watch. Uh, the Lakers, it's going to be really weird. Uh, I made a TikTok on this that's going to go up later because I do. I have an NBA TikTok, and my I I said I didn't want to go all in on my opinion because I want to see who the Lakers put around them. Because right now, like you said, this team has literally zero shooting. Mm-hmm. Like literally, their best shooter right now is LeBron, mm-hmm. which is which is rough. LeBron cannot be your best shooter. On like we saw it in 2019, what happened when LeBron was the Lakers' best shooter? It it was weird. Yeah, it didn't work. So, but if they go get Buddy Heald and then like two veterans who sign with them, and all of a sudden their whole bench is shooting, then like my opinion will be a little different. But in terms of like the fit of those three guys together, uh. If Anthony Davis doesn't play center, they will be the worst offense to watch in the entire NBA. If he plays center, it might be a little better. But, like, the Westbrook thing, it's going to help them in the regular season in the games that LeBron doesn't care about or rest and Anthony Davis Anthony Davis is it. And you're like, this guy's a top 10 player in the league. It literally looks like he wants to be anywhere other than here. Hmm. Like Westbrook will be great in those games, like those random January games because he goes 10 out of 10 and they'll probably win like seven or eight regular season games this year exclusively because Westbrook tries way harder than everybody else. And then all of a sudden the fourth quarter is close. And then like LeBron and Davis carry it home. So like that's probably going to happen. And people are going to be like, this is working. But in terms of the playoffs, when it slows down and they lose the fast break aspect of Westbrook and it gets re- it gets even tighter, it's hard to say this is a win for them in the playoffs, yeah. even if they add a ton of shooting. So my, my take is like small regular season win um, with like, a medium playoff L, which is a hard pitch to sell to the Lakers. Like, I don't know why you would do that, but I'm, I'm going to watch every game because it's going to be really weird. And Westbrook's probably one of three guys in the NBA 
who will tell LeBron to F off and, like, not care. Like, Westbrook will blow a defensive assignment, and LeBron will be like, what are you doing? And Russ will be like, screw you. And, like, so I'm going to watch every game for that. (laughs) But in terms of, like, them winning the 2022 championship, uh, I don't – I can't – I don't really want to see a single case for the fact – for the Lakers – being more likely to do that after this trade yeah i'm, I'm kind of in the same boat on it it's just it's a bizarre trade but i feel like the lakers can get away with stuff like this because they know they attract veterans and they attract free agents so it's like you can get away like with literally casting your entire bench and role players off to washington because you know you can just replace them in free agency or, or with signing people donald what's your take on it Sorry, I was checking Twitter. Apparently, Kuzma has already posted his goodbye Instagram post. It's like, LA, what can I say? Like, you, you raised <laughs> me and stuff like that. Um, I what agree with Will. This is a regular, <laughs> it's a regular season move. I don't know what this team really looks like in the playoffs. Um, can I really want to see it? I can't, I can't, I can't wait to see it just because of the amalgamation of talent. Second time I've used that word in this podcast. Amalgamation of talent on the Lakers, and I don't think they're done. They still have THT and Caruso if they want to move, if they want to go get Buddy Healed, Like, you probably could fleece them from the Kings if all it could take was Kuzma and KCP. You could probably put together some sort of deal if you really wanted to. It has to be a signing trade. It has to be probably two signing trades because Caruso and THT are free agents this year. Probably, um, the only way yeah. it would work is if um, it's a signing trade where uh, they pay uh, one of them, it would probably be THT $20 million. Yeah, because THT's max is twenty three a year, I think. Yeah, which is the it's only ridiculous. way. This, which is the only way the salaries would work because the Lakers' salaries are absolutely ruined right now. Mm-hmm. So it'd have to be basically a match, and that's how much Buddy makes, believe it or not. Yeah, so, he's he's kind of underpaid for what he's good at. Maybe the Kings want another guard. Who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows what the Kings want at this point? Um, I want to talk about Washington for a sec. Um, I think it's an interesting trade for them. I don't think it really pushes the needle a ton. Uh, I think you're probably banking on Kuzma. It's a weird, it's a weird team because it's Kuzma. Kuzma's probably playing the three and they're like Knicks from like two years ago. How does this have have this many power forwards? Like literally because Kuzma should be a power forward. Hachimura is a power forward. Uh, Bertans is a power forward. Denny's a power forward. Denny's a power. Yeah, I forgot about Denny. Shit. It's just a weird, it's just a weird, like young team with a lot of guys who are like 6'8 to 6'10, 230 to 240. And two of those dudes are going to have to play smoke forward. Shout out Isaac Bonga. Pretty sure he's on the roster too. Playing that point, playing that point guard, I guess. I don't know. Anywho, um, Kispert's going to play a ton of two for them. Oh, shit. Crisper, he's 6'8", too. I forgot. He was a good pick, but, I mean, now they got Kuzma. Like, they just have a bunch of wings. Like, this team is a wing field, and you could probably pry one of them for cheap, maybe. I don't know. Mm. If, if a team needs a wing, you could probably get one from Washington. Burgess is 100% available, but that contract he, is a nightmare. So, yeah, probably going to have to add a pick to get him out of there. But that's Joe Harris deal. likely. It's the Joe Harris deal. Um, yeah, Bretons is probably the one who gets moved. Even though he, for when he got traded there, he was like their second best player. Anywho, um, I don't know. It's interesting for Washington. I have no idea what Bradley Beal is still doing on this team, but that's just my opinion. Um, the only yeah, for, 
the only explanation for Beal still being in Washington is, is he just loves Washington. It, not, it, it is either A, he loves Washington, or B, he knows they're going to give him the max in a year because he can get the super max. Yeah. And, uh, mm. Which is like five years, like two, like some gross amount of money. Yeah. And, and then like request a trade a year after. Yeah. He can't get that anywhere else. So. And he can't get that offered to him until next summer. So that's really the only. Yeah, he's waiting. He's waiting for the bag, and then he'll be like, "You know what? Now it's time to go." Which I can't say I blame him for. Um, but with the Lakers, yeah, it just really matters. What really matters is like, is AD going to play the four? Is he going to play the five? Because he's going to play the five. That lineup, that spacing he has to play to, five. He has. To, he has no choice. Like I. Someone said it's, it's probably Rosillo or Bill Simmons, or someone said it's like it's time to put on your big boy pants and kind of accept that this is the role that you need to play for your team to actually win and be maximized. Which is KLC. why, yeah, yeah, it was KLC. Yeah, good job, KLC. Anywho, it, they just need they need to move AD down to the five, LeBron to the four, get some wings who can shoot. Um, probably resign Wesley Matthews, but like Wesley Matthews shouldn't be the barometer if you can win a championship or not. But those are the types of guys, the level of guys that they're probably going to have to try and acquire. See if they can get JaVale back. He'd be nice. Not, not to start, but, like, just bring him back because why not at this point? It's just, like, which disgruntled veterans are you going to get this free agency? Is DeMar going to take a pay cut? Probably not. They don't have the cap space anymore for that to be, a, for that to be the case. He'd get Max $8 million there because he'd be a – He'd be a taxpayer's uh, mid-level. Yeah. So it's going to be, I'm excited to see. And that kind of like transitions into like our next, our last topic. What happens this free agency now with this move and what the teams like Cap say, it's like the Knicks and the Raptors. The Raptors are kind of like fake cap space, but like in Miami and New Orleans and Dallas trying to clear cap space, what do you think happens? What's the thing you're looking for? Uh, The thing that I care the most about in this free agency Unless Kawhi leaves, which I don't think he's going to, is I'm fascinated to see what the point guards do. Um, because that's where all the real, really interesting players are in this free agency. Like, I'm really curious to see what Lowry does. Like, is Lowry actually going to go play for New Orleans? That'd be really weird. Is Chris Paul, Paul going to actually test free agency, or is he just going to go back to Phoenix? What, what's Lonzo Ball going to do? Is Schroeder thinks he's getting $100 million. Um, I'm really curious to see who's giving him $100 million because I I sure wouldn't. Someone like, said it was the Bulls. Like, someone said the Bulls is interested in giving him $100 million. That's insane. Yeah. Like, that's, that's criminally insane. Con- Mike Conley is going to get a ton of money from Utah because they, need, they literally cannot afford to have him leave because they can't lose that salary slot as because they're in the tax uh there's all these which is why they keep trading dudes if you guys have noticed this like that's why favor is just gonna flip because they're yeah. trying to they're trying to get out of the uh, luxury tax enough that they can pay mike conley like 30 million a year um yeah that's that's definitely the market i'm most interested in because outside of that it's a it's a lot of role players which is which is fun and cool but like what really could actually change the playoff race or maybe not next year, but the years to come is the point guard market. And that's like, there's just a ton of really, like, I can't wait to see what Lonzo does. I knew you were going to say Lonzo. I knew you were going to say him. Like Lonzo has like five teams where 
he would be just an ab- beautiful fit, just an absolutely amazing fit. Like Chicago, like sign me up if I'm a Bulls fan for Alonzo. I don't love the Knicks as much, but the Knicks would be a fun fit. Uh, the Raptors are interested. They're going to have a hole at point guard if Kyle leaves. Like, there's so many teams that Lonzo could go to right away and help. And I that's that's where my attention is going to be, especially if a guy like Chris Paul tests free agency or if Lowry goes somewhere really weird. We didn't even talk about Dinwiddie because I'm really yeah, interested. Yeah, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie's another he's, one. There's so yeah, many. He's a free agent. Yeah, he's been hurt for a year. I wonder what his market's going to be. Um, someone's gonna have to pay him that Bitcoin money. Anywho, um, I think probably same answer. I'm just really interested to see what the point cards kind of do in this. I think Lowry's the shooter drop in this free agency, and that's still coming from unless CP opts out and CP out. Yeah, CP opts out. Um, or if he kind of has like a handshake deal with Phoenix, like I'm gonna opt out, but like we're gonna do the three year ninety million or three year whatever. Um. Kyle's free agency is just going to be really interesting just to see because I think he can move the needle for a lot of teams who kind of need it like we talked about New Orleans I listened to the BS pod with Varier and it's like this is a crucial offseason we didn't even talk about New Orleans's draft and it was like it's pretty solid for what it was like Trey Murphy's fine and um, Herb Jones is fine like they're they're probably players that can play right now but you kind of have a lot of those guys within the same age range who aren't really ready to play now. Like when, when Lonzo leaves, like those minutes are going to Nikhil Alexander Walker, who kind of showed some stuff in Canada basketball this year. So I'm excited for that kind of matchup. You're waiting. It's Lowry. It's where does Lowry want to go? Does he want to stay in Toronto? Is it a signing trade? Are you getting something back? Like, is it Miami? Is it Philly? Is it, is it, is it the Lakers? Like who? You can't go to Lakers now. Lakers is yeah. Lakers. Yeah. Unless it's a side and trade for Westbrook. I was going to say, or I was, I was like, is it going to be a signing trade for Schroeder? And like, he gets paid $25 million. Exactly. Because I pulled up a tweet. I can't find the sourcing for it. So take it with a grain of salt. But someone said Schroeder's close to signing a four-year 120 extension with the Lakers obviously can't happen with the Westbrook deal. But then someone said Schroeder is also looking for a five-year $150 million contract, which the Bulls are interested in. This is apparently from Chris Haynes, but I can't find the article with Haynes is. So it could be 100% fake. But all I'm saying is anyone who's paying Dennis Schroeder over $20 million a year, over $15 million a year is malpractice. He deserved no, to be fired. He deserved to be fired. The other, the other thing that I was thinking while we were talking Sacramento, about Sacramento, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> if the Kings didn't have ten guards, I, that would be so. Ki- Orlando too, like one of the one of them. Dude, the like while we were talking Lakers, I was just thinking about how like all those Damian Lillard rumors are just done now. Like he's obviously not going to the Lakers. Like I think I think that he he kind of fits in with those guards who are who are free agents as 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 this is the summer of the guards. I mean, we're going to figure out so many teams are going to have a new guy running the point. Do you, do you guys think Dame's going to get traded or no? Um, I would have said yes before he went off on Twitter this week and basically dispelled every single rumor about <laughs> him and pretty much just said, I haven't said any of these things. And all the things that people were saying was that he was close to wanting out and it's not true. So I'll take Dame for his word because Dame's not the kind of guy who would do that uh, or would go out and tweet those things and then request a trade. That's just not who he is. So I think Dame is probably a next summer thing 
similar to Beal. I think we're all kind of like a year early on that one. I th- I thought it could happen this summer, um, but I I just I don't think he's gonna do it. Even though there's a ton of teams that make sense for him, like Philly, Miami, but for whatever reason, similar to Beal, he still wants to be in Portland, and I think wants to see what they do this off season. So even if he does get traded, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like you guys remember when Kyrie got traded from uh, Cleveland to Boston? It was like late August. Like I think if Dame actually got traded, it would be like then if he was like, "Okay, you guys." This is a terrible offseason. I'm out. But I don't I, I don't I don't think it's happening this summer, even though I would, I would probably argue it should, but we'll see. Dude, that trade was absolutely crazy because like my phone was dead and I was, it was out. out of nowhere. It was out of nowhere. My phone was dead and it was out and I plugged it in when I came back and then I and then I got like my phone was blown up with text. It's like, yo, Kyrie just got traded to the Celtics. So I'm like, what? To the Celtics? Interesting. Uh, just to put a bow on this nicely, I see that situation. Pascal, uh, Pascal Portland is an interesting situation too. That's another dude that they should be if, looking if, at. If CJ was like two years younger, and like fifteen percent better. If if CJ was either a two years younger, or if they had picks and could get it done without that, like the only way I think, or, or if. Uh, if Collins actually played basketball and he was an actual asset, then maybe I don't want the, the I don't want the corpse of Zach Collins on my team. That man can't stay healthy at all. The only the only way I can see them doing the Siakam to Portland trade is if Portland decides that we didn't have enough versatility last year. We're done with the Nurkic thing. Yeah, and, and then the Raptors are like, we want a center because we haven't had a center. We literally didn't have a center on our team last year. Mm-hmm. Not really sure how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty wild in retrospect that the Raptors just like went into an NBA season without a real like, center. Yo, on their team. It's like, yo, Aaron Baines is the answer. And I thought he like, was. And then, then he whatever. wasn't. The Raptors fans were like, Messiah, we trust. We can't say mean things. It was like, Bro, we literally don't have a center. Like, I know I, I trusted it from the perspective that like he wasn't going to take shots away from Pascal and OG. And I was like, it was I I still believed in this team as a playoff team, but I was like, it was more about getting developmental reps because you were gaining about like eight shots with Mark and um Serge gone, and then Chris Boucher obviously coming in, and then he's not really a center because towards the end of the year, they're playing Boucher and Barnes or Baines together. Baines is really interesting. I wonder if that team option gets the kind. It, it probably has to, but unless they flip it, I'm pr- that's probably what they're working on as a trade where he's yeah, because otherwise, why would you accept that? Yeah, because yeah, he, he's a really useful backup center. It's not worth 10, not was it nine or 10? It's like eight and a half Four. or like seven. It's a lot of money, and he's not worth that much money. He's like you could bring him back like two or three, but however much he, he's getting paid three times as much what is what he's actually worth. So I think the only reason they push that back was he's potentially filler in some sort of trade for his replacement, which would be kind of funny. <laughs> but in terms of Portland, that would be a really fun Siakam team. But I, I don't know what the trade is. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying just somehow. Getting Pascal yeah. to Portland probably solves some problems for Portland. 
I, it, it would, but but they don't have the draft capital for it. it. The only way that trade gets done, it is interesting because a lot of times trades in sports happen where franchises have histories of trading with play, people, and the Raptors obviously made a trade with Portland. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Norm's sign and trade. That'd be a, that'd be hilarious. If they just, just Norm if they just trade come on it, back, flip him back. <laughs> they sent Norm back. Um, that'd be that'd be really funny. Uh, the only way I think that deal happens is if they really like Nurkic, or and or one of Nasir Little and um, uh, Anthony Simons. That'd probably be the only way that deal would get done. The Raptors would have to have like some really strong opinion of one of the young guys off Portland's bench, because otherwise they first because of the Covington trade do not have picks. Imagine giving up three first rounders for Robert Covington. Just Is it three or two? It's two and like a heavily protected third. I'm pretty sure it's definitely two at least. Anywho, I was gonna say. Just shout out to Neil O'Shea for throwing Terry Stotts under the bus when he kind of made that roster. I was good. the other thing I was going to say was knowing the Raptors, and then and then his postseason comment where he said the problem isn't our roster. Yeah, so I was going to say, which is a straight up screw you, our coach sucked comment. That's literally what the comment was. What what else? Are, what if it, if the problem wasn't the roster, then what? Then it was the coach, like. I was gonna I was gonna say knowing the Raptors is probably gonna be like Nasir Little is the prospect that they're enticed by, but it probably should be Simons. Yeah, can you like honestly bring back Nasir Little? Let's just get another switchable yeah. long forward because why not? Like, that's what mm-hmm. they need, I guess. That's the one could get could get the half court creator, or they could just bring back another guy a who's fourth, the exact a fourth big wing. And I think that's real. Perfect- and then re-sign Stanley and just have like, <laughs> Point Stanley just, is back. Just running they, it back. They should actually do that trade just so they can run like an all super long guys who look the same lineup and <laughs> be like, this is the most switchable lineup in NBA history. It's just five guys who are the exact same. And then the none, of them, can, like and then none of them can score. <laughs> yeah. exactly. but they, would lo- they would lose the game 68 to 81. <laughs> i think that perfectly wraps up this podcast yeah. will thank you so much for being available to talk today we really appreciate it i'm, I'm always available for the draft the draft's my favorite day of the year exactly. every time that's my it's my thing i'll i'll definitely if you guys will have me come back at some point during the season or if some like siakam trade happens <laughs> we'll probably have to get you on so we can yeah, get some more. We, we actually we actually buried the lead the biggest Raptors story right now is the fact that Messiah doesn't yeah. have a contract because the draft's over now so the yeah. whole focus should be on Messiah because yeah. I'm 95% sure he's a free agent on the start of NBA free agency well so, if Masai leaves then we'll probably have to get you for an emergency pod before this Zoom ends because we're just two broke boys recording podcast will do you have anything to plug not right now <laughs> i'm in my, my tiktok <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's planning he's planning his next move out i love it i love it all right that does it for week 11 of the brenner boulevard sports podcast we will be back a little earlier than normal actually we'll be back with our hockey draft episode on monday for our little and free agency free- with another special okay. guest welcome yeah. home blue jays by the way 
Oh yeah, yes, well, that'll be that'll that's that's a discussion for another day, man. I'm too angry to talk about that now. It's too fresh. The wound is too fresh. Um, <laughs> and Will, we'll be back uh, likely Monday or Tuesday with our hockey episode and our in our three three episode series: baseball, basketball, hockey. Um, thank you for joining us, and uh, check out the next episode on Monday. Thank you. Thank you.